0: Open your Bible, please, to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30. Vamos a abrir nuestra Biblia en Deuteronomio, el capítulo 30. Deuteronomy is the fifth book in your Bible, and it means the second law. El libro de Deuteronomio es el quinto libro en tu Biblia, Y representa la segunda ley. I mentioned on Sunday night the reason that it's called the second law is because the first law uh, was given by Moses to those Hebrews who had come out of Egyptian slavery. They came out of Egyptian bondage. La primer ley uh, fue dada a la nación de Israel, a aquellos hebreos que salieron de la tierra de Egipto. Y por causa de su incredulidad no entraron, no pudieron entrar a la tierra prometida, entonces toda esa generación murió en el desierto. Now because of their unbelief, that first generation after Egypt died in the wilderness. And so when the new generation came up, cuando llegó la segunda generación, Ya para entrar a la tierra prometida, para entrar a uh, poseer, in order to, just before entering the promised land, as they were about to enter to possess the land under Joshua, Moses in his final days gives them the law again. Moisés le da ahora a este pueblo la ley de nuevo. And there we have a picture of, of the great message of the Bible, which is the... The ultimate grace of God uh, that is found in the New Testament, in the New Covenant. Ahí tenemos un retrato de el nuevo pacto y la gracia de Dios. The first law was given to an unbelieving people. But then came the second law, and this was going to be pointing toward grace. And we saw last week on Sunday night how that uh, takes place. But I want to read Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 15. Vamos a comenzar leyendo el verso 15. And it reads like this. See how I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you are entering to possess it. But if your heart turns away, and you will not obey, but are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You will not prolong your days in the land where you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess it. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today, that I have set before you life and death and blessing and curse. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants, by loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice, and by holding fast to him. For, for this is your life and the length of your days, that you may live in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to them. And I want to speak tonight about choosing life. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for this opportunity that you have given us to be in the house of God and to be in the presence of of the Lord. I ask you tonight to bless each person who's in here by speaking to our hearts, speaking to our life. And I pray that you will give us, grant us today, revelation and insight into your word by the Holy Spirit. I would ask that you would anoint my lips of clay to preach the word of the living God, to teach God's word tonight, and anoint us to hear it as well. We ask that in Jesus' name, and the church said, Amen. Tell your neighbor, the choice is yours. Dígale a su vecino, la decisión es tuya. How many of you know that the choice is yours? La decisión es nuestra, and I want to talk about this tonight because we've been talking about 2018, we've been talking about the year of opportunity, and I believe that it's going to be a year in which God presents each person in here with opportunities to advance, to grow, to develop, to mature, to prosper, to achieve things you haven't achieved before, and if you believe that, say amen. Yo creo que este año es un año de oportunidad. En el cual Dios le va a dar a cada uno de nosotros oportunidades de avance, de crecimiento, de lograr cosas nuevas, de prosperar y de llegar a toda la bendición de Dios. And notice there in verse 15, the Lord says, See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. El Señor nos dice aquí en este pasaje, He puesto delante de ti, Vida y prosperidad y la muerte y la adversidad. ¿Cuántos quieren vida? How many of you want life? And how many of you want prosperity? ¿Cuántos quieren prosperidad? If I, I'm not even going to bother asking you how many of you want death and adversity because I don't think anybody in here wants that. Nadie aquí quiere muerte y adversidad, así que no les voy a preguntar. It's an obvious choice, isn't it? It's an obvious choice, isn't it? You're scaring me now. Es una decisión obvia. Queremos vida y queremos prosperidad. No queremos muerte y no queremos adversidad. Pero sin embargo, Dios le ha dado al hombre la decisión. God has nevertheless given man a choice. Every opportunity that you and I receive this year will demand a choice. Cada oportunidad que usted recibamos este año, y yo vamos a tener que hacer decisiones. And every opportunity is going to cost you something. Cada oportunidad va a costar algo en otra área. If you uh, want to accomplish something by saying yes to that one thing, you have to say no to other things. And, and it's mature to understand that. Es maduro entender que cuando usted hace una decisión de sí, Está diciendo no a otras cosas en su vida. Y las oportunidades que se presentan uh, van a requerir nuestro discernimiento y nuestra decisión. The opportunities that are going to present themselves will be demanding of us decisions. Be demanding of us choices. And so tonight I want to talk about choosing life. Quiero hablar sobre escogiendo la vida. And ch- making the right choices... And doing the the things that are going to lead to life. Quiero hablar sobre haciendo las decisiones correctas y que nos llevan hacia la vida. And the the reality is that we have to talk about this because it might sound like, Pastor, this would better be a lesson that you would teach the teenagers in the high school class. Not us, grown-ups. We already know how to make good choices. But believe it or not, even as adults, we make some really dumb decisions sometimes. That was that was mediocre. You don't, have to, you don't have to like it, but you do have to agree, right? A veces hacemos decisiones malas, aun siendo adultos. How many of you made bad decisions in your 20s? How many of you are still living with some of them? Don't look at your spouse, all right? Don't, don't look at your spouse. Don't look at your kids, all right? Look straight over here. How many of you are still living with the consequences of decisions you made? Some of us are living with the consequence of a loan that we took out a long time ago or the consequence of a car we bought or a house we bought. And sometimes those are good choices, like the husband or wife you got, the children you have, those are good choices. And sometimes they're bad choices. Sometimes there were bad choices that God, by His grace, turned into good things. Amen, somebody? So uh, even when you're an adult, how many of you made bad decisions in your 30s? You're getting a little wiser, but they still happen. How many of you made some bad decisions in your 40s? Like, Pastor, I don't want to admit it. You're getting getting into my age bracket right there. It's easier to admit we were wrong 20 years ago than 20 minutes ago, right? Es más fácil decir, estuve equivocado hace 20 años. No hace 20 minutos. Queremos mirarnos bien. But the fact is that we always have choices to make. And we need to make those choices being led by the Spirit of God. Tenemos que hacer esas decisiones siendo guiados por el Espíritu de Dios. Because sometimes choices are the result of patterns in our life. A veces las decisiones son el resultado de patrones How many of you made the same, we already established we've all made dumb decisions. So let's, let's ask a deeper question. How many of you have ever made the same dumb decision more than once? Yeah. Todos hemos hecho una decisión equivocada y a veces la hacemos varias veces. Because of the patterns that are established in our life. A veces hay patrones establecidos en nuestra vida. And those patterns, if they are not corrected and adjusted by the Spirit of God, can lead us to make the same kinds of bad decisions over and over again. You know, sometimes people will talk about uh, some young lady or, or, or some man who always ends up with the same kind of person. And we'll say things like, well, she sure knows how to pick them, right? They always end up with someone that's beating up on them or someone who's doing whatever. And why is that? Because there are patterns that lead them to the same kind of result. And so it's the Holy Spirit that needs to come into our life and change the programming, change the pattern in our life so that we can make decisions conform to the choice to the will of God. Es necesario entonces que entre el Espíritu Santo a cambiar el patrón de nuestra vida, porque si no cambiamos el patrón, el programa de nuestra vida sigue dando los mis- el mismo resultado. So that means you can get a new man, but if you have the same pattern, you're going to end up with the same problems. You can get a new woman in your life, but if you don't change the pattern, you're going to have the same problems. You can make more money. You know that if you make more money, but you don't change your spending patterns, you're going to have the same problems. Say man, somebody. Si usted hace más dinero este año que el dinero que hizo el año pasado, pero no cambia el patrón de sus gastos what? Most of the time, people who, when they increase uh, their finances, they also increase their spending. And then a year later, they made a thousand, uh, they made ten thousand more dollars or twenty thousand more dollars, and they're still as broke as they were before. Patterns do that. Los patrones causan eso. And so the Holy Spirit wants to come into your life and change the pattern. Change the way that you make decisions. The Espíritu Santo quiere venir a nuestra vida y cambiar nuestra forma de, de hacer decisiones, nuestra forma, de el patrón de nuestra vida. And uh, we have sitting up here on the front row, Brother J.D., he works with computers and uh, programming. He knows all about this, right? He knows all about the fact that it's the programming that needs to be changed. Es como una computadora que necesita un programa nuevo. Every once in a while, we need some upgrades in our thought process. Necesitamos ser cambiados, renovados en nuestra forma de pensar. And here's one of the things that often, that many many times when you have grown up in church, a lot of times what you hear is you hear um, somebody telling you what, what not to do, but then they don't give you the power to walk in something different. And it doesn't matter how well you know the rules. You can't walk in those rules. You can't walk in that system if you haven't been given a new pattern of life, which is what the Holy Spirit of God does. So the Holy Spirit is the helper. Jesus said, I have to leave so that I can send you the helper. And when the helper comes, he will teach you. El Espíritu Santo es el ayudador, es la ayuda del cristiano. Y Él ha sido dado para venir a cambiar la forma de programa y de pensamiento para que usted y yo podamos hacer las decisiones correctas en nuestra vida. So let's just pray a little prayer real quick and say, Lord, change my patterns and change my life. That's a good prayer. (inaudible) orar, Señor, cambia el patrón de mi vida y cambia Vida. If you allow the Holy Spirit to change your pattern, He'll change your life. Si usted deja que el Espíritu Santo cambie el patrón de su vida, Él cambiará su vida. Not, no doubt about it. So there is a choice there then that has to be uh, that has been set before us. And first thing I want you to notice right here in verse 19, God says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today. There is a witness To the choices that we make. Hay un testigo a las decisiones que usted y yo hacemos. Dice el verso 19, Jehová hablando, he puesto testigo contra ti. God says, I have set up a witness against you. You know that the scripture tells us not to accept an accusation without two or three witnesses. Dice la escritura que no debemos tomar una acusación contra alguien, sino con la voz de dos o tres testigos. So God is is letting us know that he's given us a choice, the choice is ours and he has made some witnesses. He has brought some witnesses to uh, to record our decision. Dios ha puesto testigos en nuestra vida para ser los que van a a uh, uh, Ser testigo de las decisiones que hacemos. Now I want to talk about primarily two groups of witnesses. The first group is the witness of people who have chosen death. Quiero hablar primero del testimonio de las personas que han escogido la muerte. Listen, every time you see somebody who is walking far from God, and you see their life, they are giving you a testimony. They're telling you, this is what life is like when you choose death and adversity. You and I need to learn lessons from life. It's not necessarily wise to learn from experience, because that could take some time. It's wiser to learn from other people's experience. No es tan sabio con aprender de la experiencia es necesario, pero a veces la experiencia tarda mucho. Es mejor aprender de la experiencia de alguien más. And so the choice that's before us is simple, life or death. Do I want my marriage to live or do I want my marriage to die? Do I want my finances to live? Do I want my finances to die? Do I want my child raising to be successful or do I want it to be a failure? Do I want my relationship with God to grow or do I want it to diminish? And when you have that choice in front of you, start looking for the people that chose death and you're going to find a testimony. There's going to be a witness in that place, in those people that says, look, this is the consequence. This is the result of life without God. And you don't have to go very far to find it. Usted no tiene que buscar muy lejos para oír el testimonio de personas que te van a decir, mira, esto es lo que pasa cuando no le obedeces a Dios. How many of you have some experience in your own life of what it's like not to obey God? All right, so there's this witness then that is there. And you could go through the Bible and just look at all these witnesses. The first one I think we could talk about would be Adam and Eve. If they were here tonight, they would tell you, guys, choose life. Don't mess with evil. Don't listen to the devil. Don't pay attention to his whispers. Si Adán y Eva estuvieran aquí esta noche, nos dirían, no juegues con el diablo they're witnesses tonight of what it's like to pay attention to the voice of the enemy ellos son testigos de lo que es oír la voz del enemigo and I told you this guys on Sunday but I'm going to tell you again I'm going to tell you again a thousand times probably you never win by listening to the devil jamás se ha ganado cuando usted oye al diablo you never win the devil will sell you something and he will make you pay more than you ever intended to pay and it will cost you until the end of days because his 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 agenda is steal, kill, and destroy. He'll take you longer than you wanted to go, further than you wanted to go. And his agenda is simple. Kill, uh, steal, kill, and destroy. La agenda del enemigo es atar, uh, robar, destruir, hurtar, uh, y destruir. Entonces usted y yo no tenemos por qué oírlo. No tenemos por qué ponerle atención. You and I don't have to listen to him. Another witness would be Cain. Otro testigo sería Cain. Think about Cain. Cain became jealous of his brother. Cain se hizo celoso de su hermano. ¿Por qué? Porque su hermano fue. Le llevó una ofrenda a Dios que Dios recibió. Why was he jealous? Because Abel offered God an offering that. That God accepted and God did not accept Cain's offering. Now there was a simple remedy to that problem. Había un simple remedio ese problema. All he had to do was go do what Abel did. Go offer a sacrifice of blood. Todo lo que Caín tenía que hacer era ir y ofrecer un sacrificio de sangre. No lo quiso hacer y el resultado fue que mató a su hermano y luego fue... Uh, expulsado y marcado por Dios. The result of his uh, choosing death was that he was he murdered his brother and then he was put out of the family and he was marked and cursed for the rest of his life. And so tonight, if Cain were here tonight I'm sure he would tell you and he stands as a witness It says do it God's way. Cain sería un testigo esta noche diciendo hazlo como Dios dice. It doesn't, it may not make sense. Do it God's way. It may not be pretty. Cain's offering was a cornucopia of, of wheat and uh, and and barley. Abel's offering was bloody, and it was a lamb twitching in a fire. Guess what? It wasn't pretty, but it was God's way. And Cain would tell us: look, do not don't, don't get caught up in emotions like jealousy and envy and, and doing all those things to try to, get, to try to get above somebody else. You honor God. Put God first. We could think about another witness. The witness of all those people who died in the flood in Noah's day. Piense el testimonio de todas las personas que murieron en el diluvio en los días de Noé. Think about it. An entire generation of people. Every person in the world was, uh, was destroyed in that flood except for eight people in Noah's family. And I'm here tonight to tell you that if they could witness to you tonight, they would say, choose life. Get in the ark and stay in the ark. Si ellos estuvieran aquí esta noche, nos dirían Métanse al arca y no se abajen. Métanse al arca de la salvación y no olviden a Jesús. They would tell us, don't, don't neglect God's door of opportunity. Don't neglect God's door of salvation. And they would tell us, they would be witnesses to us and say, look, if you, if you give a deaf ear to God, the results will be catastrophic. Si usted le da un oído sordo a Dios, no dirían, el resultado va a ser horrible. Listen to the witness, the testimony of Sodom and Gomorrah. Oigan el testimonio de Sodoma y Gomorrah. These two cities, the Bible tells us, were consumed by iniquity. Estas dos ciudades estaban consumidas por iniquidad. And the primary way that we know that was because there was a rampant, Homosexual and lesbian culture in, in Sodom and Gomorrah. Había una cultura de homosexualismo en Sodoma y Gomorra, Y el resultado es que Dios destruyó esas ciudades. God destroyed those two cities. If they were here tonight, they would tell you, it's not worth it. Si ellos estuvieran aquí esta noche, nos dirían, no, no vale la pena. The the passing pleasures of sin are not worth it. America right now is going down the road of Sodom and Gomorrah. And if Sodom and Gomorrah were here, they would tell us it's not worth it. You know, there was a city, a village that rejected Jesus. And Jesus said to them, if Sodom and Gomorrah had gotten the chance you've gotten, they would have repented. But you didn't. And so they become to us testimonies, witnesses of people who chose death. Now, I told you it's obvious, right? Choose life. But why don't we choose it? There's still a part of the culture, a part of the world that will choose death. Now, let's listen to the other witness because the other witness is more more delightful to hear. El otro testigo es más, más bueno oírlo. But uh, this other witness is uh, also all throughout Scripture and it's all throughout life. And this is the witness of people who have done life God's way. Este es el testimonio de personas que han vivido su vida conforme a lo que Dios ha describido, a lo que Dios ha dicho. Think about uh, the the testimony of Abel. Abel offered an acceptable sacrifice before God and was found pleasing in in God's sight. Abel, ayó que Dios lo lo favoreció porque él ofreció un sacrificio que Dios había escogido. Ah, piense en Noé. Think about Noah. The Bible said that Noah found favor with God. Dice que Noé ayo favor, ayo gracia en los ojos de Dios. Uh, You can think about the men uh, and women of old who honored God, who went God's way, who put God first. And you can see uh, the widow of Zarephath, whose little boy was raised from the dead. And you can see uh, David, who honored God and who God allowed to become a giant killer and the, the king of the nation of Israel. And you can think about Jesus, who chose to honor his father, And God not only gave him the souls of all who would believe, but He gave him resurrection from the dead and the life of all those who would believe in His name. And so you can see the vast testimony. And the Bible says this, There is a great cloud of witnesses. In the book of Hebrews, it says, Inasmuch as we have a great cloud of witnesses, and this cloud of witnesses is like a, a bandstand. It's like all of the saints of old. Dice la escritura que una gran nube de testigos. Y es como cuando usted va a un estadio atlético y ahí están las llenas de personas. Except that this, this stadium is full of all of the people who have chosen life. I want you to imagine that tonight. as an entire stadium. Think of an Olympic stadium en un estadio olímpico esta noche. Can you see it in your mind you see the crowd cheering. Usted puede ver el aquel estadio lleno las personas gritando and on the on the uh, track there's a runner. En el track en el camino hay uno que está para correr and they're all chanting you can do it. This is your race. Nothing but the goal. You can do it. You can do all things. And I want you to just imagine, if you can picture that, imagine that that runner is you. Alright? You're the one that's running in that race. And all of that crowd of witnesses from, from Abel to Abraham to, uh, to Moses to Isaiah and the prophets, all of the great saints of old are in that, in that vast stadium. And you're the one on that field running. And and they're saying to you, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Nothing shall be impossible to those who believe. Have I not told you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Run the race with endurance, because in due season you will reap if you faint not. Can you hear them tonight? They're encouraging you with their testimony, saying, look, if I could face a lion's den and not give up, you can face the things you're facing, and not give up either. If I could face a fiery furnace, and not quit on God, you can face the fire you're in, and not quit on God. Come on somebody, they're giving us a witness tonight, they're saying, choose life." Están diciendo, mira, si yo pude, confrontarme con un pozo de leones, y no perder mi fe, usted también puede, puede, confrontar, Leones en su vida y no perder su fe. Y si yo pude a confrontarme con un horno de fuego, ustedes también pueden cruzar el fuego que hay en su vida. How many of you have been through some lion's dens? How many of you saw God shut the mouth of the lion? How many of you have been through some fiery furnaces? How many of you saw God show up in the fiery furnace? Guess what, now you're a witness too. A witness of the fact that when you choose God, you're choosing life. Ustedes y yo somos testigos del hecho de que si usted escoge a Dios, escoge la vida. So tell your neighbor, choose life. It's a decision. It's una decisión que usted va a hacer. We make this decision, friends, every day of our life. Todos los días hacemos esta decisión. Somebody makes you mad. You have a choice. How am I going to answer this? Life or death? Si alguien lo hace enojar, usted tiene decisión: vida o muerte. ¿Cómo voy a responder? ¿Cómo voy a hablar? ¿Qué voy a decir? Or maybe you messed up, you said something you shouldn't have, or you were in a bad mood or something, now you have to apologize, you have a choice, life or death. Am I going to make it right, or am I going to act like I'm right? Those choices present themselves every day, and it's the Holy Spirit on our life who comes in to teach us how to choose life systematically. ¿Usted va a tener oportunidad de decidir, voy a perdonar o no voy a perdonar? ¿Lo voy a olvidar o no lo voy a olvidar? You have to decide, am I going to forgive, am I not going to forgive? Am I going to forget it, or am I going to hold it against them forever? And those decisions are life and death decisions. They may not seem like it, but they are life and death decisions. Las decisiones que usted hace, perdono o no perdono, olvido o no olvido, son vida y muerte. Some people are killing their relationships in their life, because of the choices they're making. And others are nourishing and feeding their marriages and their children and their friendships are being fed because of the decisions that they're making. Algunos están matando su matrimonio con sus palabras, con sus acciones, con sus gestos, con sus modos. Otros están dándole vida con sus palabras, con sus Son sus modos, con sus gestos. Todo es una decisión. It's all a choice. The same mouth can tear you down as can build you up. La misma boca puede edificar y puede destruir en tu vida. So then we have this choice to make. Look at verse 20. There's a few instructions here. How do we choose life? ¿Cómo es que escogemos la vida? First of all, we see there, by loving the Lord, our God. ¿Cómo escogemos la vida? Amando al Señor nuestro Dios. Loving God is the first and most important choice if you want life. Si usted quiere vida, aprenda a amar a Dios. Why? Here's what the Bible says in 1 John. It says that if you don't love God, if you don't know God, you you can't love your neighbor. Si usted no conoce a Dios, no conoce el amor, porque Dios es amor. El amor hacia Dios es el primer paso, la primer decisión que usted y yo tenemos que hacer. And ultimately, what we're talking about there is giving God our all and giving it to him first. Es dándole a Dios nuestro mejor y nuestro primero. Es dándole a Dios primero, poniendo a Dios primero, haciendo prioridad de Dios. It is a choice to put God in the first place, in the place of priority with our love, with our attention. And unfortunately, many times our lives get so busy, God ends up last. A veces, nuestra vida es tan ocupada que Dios termina siendo el último que recibe algo de nosotros. And the reality is that when you and I cultivate a love relationship with God, the rest of our life bears the fruit of it. Cuando usted y yo cultivamos una relación de amor con Dios... Toda nuestra vida es el resultado de eso. Y tiene fruto de eso. This is a a command to love the Lord your God and to put him first. Esa es una encomienda. Ama al Señor tu Dios y ponlo a él primero. Jesus said it like this. If you love me, do what I say. Jesús dijo, si me amas, Haz lo que digo. It's quiet now. But isn't that what he said? He said, If you love me, do what I say. Put me first. Si me amas, ponme primero. Listen, guys, the same principle that's true for the tithe is true for life. When you give God your first part of your finances, the rest are blessed. Say amen, somebody. When you give God the first part of your life, the rest is blessed. And you know, it's the easiest thing to love God. Es lo más fácil amar a Dios. You know, there's some people that are hard to love. There's some people you can love them to death. You tell them, are you okay? I'm, I'm worried about you. I'm concerned about you. No, I'm fine. They're hard to love. You need to go pick out a great gift for them. You bring it to them nicely wrapped. I already have one. not an altar call, okay, it's not an altar call. And you know, a lot of people, that, well, I'm saying it kind of tongue-in-cheek, but a lot of people are hard to love because they don't know how to receive love. They've been hurt or been wounded, and they shut off, and they're not going to allow anybody else in that area of their life. And, and tonight, if that's you, I'm just letting you know there's a whole world of joy outside of that box you put yourself in. And and what's causing that is fear, because fear tells you if you let somebody in, if you love anybody, and if you let somebody love you, they're going to hurt you, and they're going to wound you, and then you're going to be right back where you were before, and guess what? Everybody is going to hurt you one way or another someday. Your your Constancy. Your satisfaction has to come from knowing that God loves you, and once you know God loves you, no matter who else loves you, say Amen, somebody. When you know God loves you, you can receive love. There's security in that. But some people are hard to love. God, on the other hand, is easy to love. Now, a lot of people have a hard time believing this because they think of God like they think of people. And you know, maybe if you grew up in a household where your dad only showed you love if you were perfect, then you think that God will only show you love if you're perfect. Or if you lived in a household where maybe, you know, the only way you could get uh, affection was if you did, if you allowed yourself to be abused. And now you think, well, the only way God will love me is I have to be his victim. See, these things happen in people's lives, don't they? But you have have a God who's completely outside of the parameters of those limitations. God's love is 100% unconditional. God doesn't love you because you've done anything or haven't done anything. God doesn't love you because you're perfect. Or imperfect. God loves you because he loves you. God loves you unconditionally. And when you and I approach him, we discover that he is easy to love. You know, he'll show up in your life. All you have to start doing is talking to him. Just tell him, I love you, Jesus, and he's right there. Tell him, Lord, I want to spend today with you. He'll show up in your life. The Holy Spirit wants to know you. He is God. He wants you to love him and he wants to show you God's love. And this is what I mean by changing the patterns because when you spend time in a love relationship with God, it is transformative to every aspect of your life. Cuando usted pasa tiempo... Uh, en, en la presencia de Dios y le ama y recibe el amor de él, entonces usted uh, va a reconocer que su vida es transformada. On one occasion I had a friend, um, he said uh, a, a statement that really bothered me. Because he's talking about how he spoke to the Lord. And he said, I told the Lord that I loved him. And the Lord said, do you really? And I I said, buddy, I don't think that was the Lord. That's That's not the God of the Bible. When you say, I love you to God, say, I love you, Lord. Now listen, he says, I love you too. He says, I love you more. I love you before you knew how to love. The, the book of Song of Solomon says, I am my beloved's and he is mine. Where is life? You want to choose life? Love God and watch him love you. Receive his love. Si quieres caminar en la vida, ama a Dios y recibe el amor de Dios. Recibe ese amor genuino que no es basado en condiciones, sino simplemente en el hecho de que Dios te ama, que Dios te quiere en su vida. The simple fact that God loves you and wants you in his life. It is a pure love, it is a perfect love, and it is unconditional love, and he uh, He wants you to know his love, and he wants you to love him. And it's it's the... Uh, The step that we have to take in order to be able to enjoy life. Then we have another phrase there, and it says love the Lord your God, obey His voice. Ahí otra instrucción, obedece su voz. You know, God wants to lead you with His voice. Dios quiere guiarte con su voz. I've made a lot of Uh, mention about hearing the voice of God and I teach it as often as I can because I believe with all of my heart that it is your privilege as a child of God to hear the voice of God. Yo lo enseño y lo he dicho muchas veces que ustedes y yo tenemos un gran privilegio de ser uh, como hijo de Dios de poder oír la voz de Dios. Jesús dijo, mis ovejas oyen mi voz. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. He didn't say my bishops, my popes, my kings, my pastors, my big shots. He said, My sheep, hear my voice. If let me just tell you this, you will waste opportunities in 2018 if you don't enjoy the privilege of hearing his voice. You're going to miss things. Usted va a malgastar oportunidades en este año de 2018 si no oye la voz de Dios. Es nuestro privilegio. It is our privilege to hear the voice of God. And you know, many times we hear the voice of God and we attribute it and we say, something told me. Has something ever told you? Something told me I should have stayed home. Something told me I should have gone to church. Something told me I should have given the offering. Something told me you needed a phone call. It wasn't something. It was God. A veces decimos, algo me dijo. Yo sabía, algo me dijo. Que no me fuera a la tienda ahorita. You know, the Holy Spirit sometimes will tell you, call call your son, call your daughter. Find out where they're at. They're fine. Call them. And when you hear his voice, the privilege of hearing his voice is yours. But you have to obey it. Usted uh, y yo tenemos que para para aprovecharnos tenemos que obedecer su voz. If you're expecting to hear, you know, go to Africa. That's not how God's going to speak. Dios no te va a hablar así con una voz resonante como en una cueva. Es muchas veces la voz de Dios es un pensamiento. A veces la voz de Dios es una idea. Sometimes God's voice just comes as a thought, as an idea. And you know it's not your idea because it's contrary to your nature. God says, I want you to give in the offering. It's contrary to my nature. Call so-and-so. I wasn't going to do that today. I was going to do that later. But it's contrary to what I was thinking. But the Spirit of God is, is nudging you. Sometimes it's just basic, you know, it doesn't always have to be real spiritual. Sometimes you say, Isaac, change your tires. I got got a hundred more miles, I got a few hundred more miles on. Right? And then you go have a flat on the way to the mall. Right? Something told me. Well, it wasn't something. God wants to be a partner in your life. Dios quiere ser parte de tu vida. And then this last, listen to this is the last statement. It's Beautiful. And by holding fast to Him. You want life? Hold fast to God. What does that mean? We don't, we don't use the word fast like that. It really means hold on tight to Him. How many of you have got a good grip on God? Agárrate bien de él. No te dejes, no lo no sueltes. Don't let him out of your grasp. Paul says it like this. He said, I held on to what was holding me. I apprehended what was apprehending me. Pablo dice, yo me abracé de lo que me estaba abrazando a mí. Have you ever hugged someone that wasn't hugging you back? My, ne- my nephews are kind of like this. They come and give you a hug, they just lean into you. Some of us have God like that. God's hugging us. Tonight he's telling you, hug me back. Grab on to me and don't let me out of your sight. Hold on tight. Esta noche Dios te dice, abrázame tú también. Yo te tengo abrazado. Abrázame tú también. Hold fast to God. Agárrate bien de Dios, de sus promesas, de su palabra, de su presencia, hold on to God's promises, to his word, to his presence, hold on tight, because guess what, the 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 ride gets rough sometimes, a veces el camino es duro, y a veces el carretón va así, dando golpes, sometimes the cart is, is being uh, pushed around by the potholes and the and the valleys of life. And you got to hold on. Tiene que agarrarse bien. Hold fast to him. Embrace him. Embrace his grace. Embrace his love. Abraza su gracia. Abraza su amor. Hug him. Embrace him who's embracing you. Abraza el que te está abrazando a ti. Now, l- listen. Does this at all sound difficult? ¿Será esto difícil amar oír abrazar? Amar oír abrazar. To love to hear to hold. He says this: if you do this, you will have your life. In fact, the phrase says like this: for this is your life. Dice. esta es tu vida. Amar, oír, This is your life. So God says to you tonight, I have set before you life and death,
1: blessing
0: and cursing, prosperity and adversity. Listen to the crowd, listen to the the witnesses, and choose life that you may live. Let's stand together. Right where y'all just raise your hands. And love on him for a few minutes. Just get a tighter grip on God tonight. Abrázate de Dios esta noche. Just take a a moment to tell him how much you love him. And to hear him say to you, I love you. Toma tiempo esta noche para oír a Dios que te dice, yo te amo. A ti también.